You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. Welcome back to the Concession Stand. This is episode number 33, and I'm your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Uh, This is episode number 33, the best number 33 of all time, without question, from French Lick, Indiana. Mr. Larry Bird, Larry Legend, is the best number 33, in my opinion. Uh, I had an argument for Jose Canseco back in the day. He was one of my other favorite 33s, but we all know how that turned out. Um, Quick story (laughs) about Larry Bird. A bit of an urban legend. Ooh. Uh, At the very first three-point contest that they did in the All-Star game. Which was when? Back in the mid-80s somewhere, right? And he was like a big three-point shooter, and there were a bunch of other ones. Apparently, uh, the day of that very first three-point contest... Uh, Larry Bird walks in the locker room and a bunch of guys are getting dressed, ready to go out. Bird doesn't say a word, except he, before he walks out the door, to, to he's like, which one of you guys is going to finish second? And he went out and won the thing. <laughs> so that's the uh, basketball equivalent of calling your yeah, shot? He was, yeah, he was just the ultimate competitor. And just, I mean, the guy played hurt for like an entire season. Uh, yeah. What a great competitor and what a great person uh, he ended up being for the sport of basketball. One more thing about 33 before I get to it. 1933 was the end of the Prohibition era. So, without 1933, we could not have a Stone Cold Salute. I said give me a hell yeah. Well, um, I had an excellent uh, Easter weekend uh, with my family. (laughs) Did I make you choke on your beard? Almost. I think we did three. Uh, no, we did two different egg hunts. Uh, we got together with a bunch of other families. That's a fun kind, you know, time of year when you get to uh, color the eggs. I made a, a yellow egg and then I drew the bat symbol on it, so I made like a Batman egg. That was kind of cool. Um, but I, I didn't do all the eggs. My kids did most of them. Uh, and then we uh, we had a nice family uh, dinner uh, at Benihana. Have you ever been there? Like it's a uh, teppanyaki. Love like, it. I know it's, the it's, it's yeah, and they do all the tricks with the knives and cutting stuff up, and you see it all cooked right in front of you. Yeah, oh, it was amazing. Uh, fantastic weekend with the family. How about you? Uh, well, I want to just give a quick shout out to uh, the Overwatch buddies, uh, my new guys that I've been playing uh, lots of Overwatch competitive with. Uh, thank you guys for listening and uh, for your feedback. Yeah, you've been giving to me. I hope you enjoyed the show. Promise to talk about more. Overwatch in the future. Uh, heard you loud and clear. Uh, I went to go see this new... You remember uh, wasn't last week or a couple weeks ago we were talking about the new theater owners and yeah. they're going to turn movie theaters into like these entertainment destinations, uh-huh. right? Uh, well, I went to this new thing called 4DX, which is a new platform that they're trying to um, I guess put on to consumers. It's the next IMAX 3D. It's the next after that. Right? Okay. The, the, the shtick here is, is that the seats move. And they rumble and they sling you around based on the action in the movie. They shoot air in your face or by your in the, in the back of your head as like bullets whiz by. Cool. Uh, they squirt water on you, but you can turn that off if you want to, which I'm glad I did, <laughs> even though I still got misted. But the 4DX experience, it really just aligns. That's a, kind of exactly what we were talking about a couple of weeks ago is, look, you can't just show a film anymore. You've got to take it to the next level. What movie did you see? Well, let's talk about that with some TV and movies. <laughs> Well, I went to see Fast 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 Eight, Fate of the Furious Eight. I don't know what the hell they're. I think it's just Fate of the Furious. Yeah. is what they're calling it this time. They, you know, those guys started coming out. Anyway, it is one of the better action pieces that I've I've seen in a really long time. It's worth seeing just for those big action sequences. But here's the thing: it had now the biggest opening weekend of all time. That's crazy. Cresting the the new record set a couple of years ago by The Force Awakens. It made five hundred and thirty-two million dollars in a week in a three-day weekend. That's worldwide, though, right? Yes, worldwide. Okay, but still, that's an, a staggering number. And yeah, two hundred million of that was in China, apparently. Of course, which is just they like cars. Wow. Um, look, there's this other thing going on with um, that we've heard off the side of it. Vin Diesel and The Rock don't really get along with each other. Oh. This is all based on some weird chemistry that goes on. Not weird, but really good chemistry between Statham and, and The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And they went off and filmed this like Easter egg for the film, but once Vin Diesel found out about it, they had it cut from the film. So this kind of enraged Ooh. Vin Diesel, in Ooh. a sense, 
that um, you know to the point that he actually had it removed. It's funny that we all have to uh, to care about what Vin Diesel thinks, but it doesn't matter what Vin Diesel <laughs> thinks because that movie made five hundred and twenty six jabroni dollars. Come on, man! Wait, wait, wait! Oh man, that's loud! Oh my goodness! Oh, it's that time again! It's it! Oh. All aboard! Star Wars hype trains leaving the station. All aboard! You ever you ever sit at the uh, at the at the traffic light when the, when the when the sticks go down because a train is going by? I usually try to race through them. Well, you I'm shouldn't. That, I'm that guy. You, you shouldn't. But uh, there was no. <laughs> Don't do that, there kids. was you would be waiting until the sun comes up for the length of this Star Wars hype train <laughs> from this past weekend. Why is that, Andy? Star Wars Celebration 2017 happened in Orlando, and if you haven't heard of it, and I don't know how you haven't, uh, we had so many uh, um, reunions of some old stars, and they showed a lot of cool stuff of upcoming things. And let's just start breaking it down. Um, the big one for me was the opening panel where we had uh, Warwick Davis, uh, Wicket himself, um, sort of hosting. Yeah, he was kind of like the yeah, MC of was the great. whole show, wasn't and he? A bunch of, and a bunch of big names came out, including a surprise appearance from uh, the bearded one himself. George Lucas was there, and yeah. man, he was so gracious and so cool, and he had a lot of really cool things to say. And then Harrison Ford showed up, which yep. nobody expected, and he was having a lot of fun. Uh, the funniest thing that I heard was when uh, uh, Warwick Davis asked him uh, if he flew his plane here, and he said, yeah, fly yes. Land, no, um, <laughs> from uh, Indiana Jones. But, uh, yeah, it was really cool to see all those people on, on the uh, on the big stage. Uh, and then they had uh, a nice uh, tribute to Carrie Fisher, which is, you know, I know you watch it, I watch it, and it was oh, yeah. like, it was so moving. There, um, were, there were two segments. One yeah. of them I made it through. The second one I didn't make it through. It choked me up really bad. I had tears streaming on the, the actual tribute uh, video that they did. I think it was uh, Lucas and Kathy Kennedy yes. uh, did that panel. Yeah, they, they well, they, they they sort of introduced uh, her her daughter Billy Lord. She came right. out. She shows the trailer that we've all or the no, the trailer the um, the tribute piece that we've all seen. And then the camera pans right, a curtain opens up, and there is a full orchestra there with John Williams, and they play Leia's theme, and it's just like oh yeah. Um, so she finally um, got the. Um, the send off that we sort of never got because uh, that all happened during the sort of Rogue One uh, uh, hype and all that. Um, so we we really got to 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 say goodbye to her and honor her and all of her contributions to that universe. So that was really cool. Yeah, Mark Hamill's uh, he did a whole separate yeah, hour. I haven't watched that yet. But telling yeah. uh, telling Carrie's story. So I won't ruin that. These are all on YouTube, by the way, guys. You can go find. All of these, I think it's the Disney Experience YouTube channel uh, where all of these uh, all of these panels have been posted now. So definitely go watch some of them. Yeah, and they also, um, along the lines of, of strong female characters in the Star Wars universe, they talked about this new um, animated thing that's coming called uh, Forces of Destiny. I guess these are little shorts coming uh, that showcase some of the female characters, Rey, uh, Leia, and some others, uh, including like uh, Daisy Ridley is going to be doing the voice of mm-hmm. of of, uh, of, uh, of Rey and. Um, Lupita Young is doing um, uh, the Mascanada voice, so that's coming at some point. Um, we got to see uh, a season four preview of Rebels, which apparently is going to be the last season of Rebels, so maybe we need to catch up on that. Yeah, I, I'm still stuck on season two. I need to definitely uh, binge through the, the next couple of seasons. So one of the big things that came out of that, we talked about it in a previous episode, uh, Thrawn is coming back. Grand yeah. Admiral Thrawn yep. is, is making a comeback in Rebels. But it's he's going to be introduced. He's uh, already a, back, but a, yeah, he's he's a yeah, but yeah, it's a younger version. We're kind of, but he's got the same qualities. Yep. It's you know, uh, there's a, you mentioned Warwick Davis a minute ago. He's going to be added to the cast as well as Ruck. Now, who is Ruck? So in the in the books that we talked about last week, when we said that uh, when we sort of told you all who this Grand Admiral Thrawn character was, imagine like so he was he was the main villain. There was no Vader. There was no Emperor at that time because uh, this had all taken place after Return of the Jedi. So. Um, it, it's it, it's a race of beings called the Nagri, N O G H R I. They're okay. kind of like lizardy, like biped people, and they're they're like assassins and all this sort of stuff. Have right? We seen those in any of the movies. We anywhere? haven't. Uh, I guess we're going to see a version of it now in in uh, Rebels because and think of this character as like think of like um, Vader or Grand Moff Tarkin having Vader as like his sort of right hand guy, yeah. or Palpatine having Darth Maul. Yeah. This was Grand Admiral Thrawn's like you know brute, his mercenary. His, gotcha. Like, it, it, it was that character. So. We're going to get to see that again, another character now from the expanded universe that we thought was gone that is now going to show up in the current Star Wars universe. That's pretty exciting. Nice. Well, speaking of Rebels, we have confirmed, we do have confirmation now from uh, the celebration that, or the uh, Star Wars celebration that Rebels is going to end after season four. Yeah. uh, Yeah. 
So, uh, unfortunately, we're not going to get much more of that, but I think they might have run the course between the slot of the timeline yeah. uh, of lore and canon that uh, they, they could have done. Right, so Saw Gerrera is supposed to be in it, so maybe this yep. leads up to right before Rogue One starts, and that would be a perfect way. And then they'll come up with some other Star Wars animated show that we'll all love. Oh, yeah. Um, one other thing about Carrie Fisher, I know we said last week that the family had all uh, blessing to go ahead and put her in Episode Nine. Apparently, that is now not going to happen because at this celebration as well, Kathleen Kennedy from uh, the the Lucasfilm president said we're not going to use her in episode nine. So knowing what they knew and, and having to maybe potentially rewrite episode nine, they've just gone forward with it without her. And and while I would have liked to have seen what they would have done with it, I guess they're going to figure out a way to wrap it up in eight. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm kind of okay with that too because I think there needs to be a line in the sand because if you can if you take that forward into episode nine, uh, that means you probably have to carry it forward in the future even further. True, and that's another character and story you have to develop and all that. A lot of CG work, so I think it's a fitting end. We'll see what they do in eight, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious about it. Um, there's some more news that we got out of celebration around what's going on at Disneyland oh, this with awesome. regards to Star Wars and what they're calling Star Wars Land. The best part of this whole thing that came out of this was they're going to build it almost like it's an immersive kind of MMO where your decisions that you make or actions that you take throughout the theme park can have knock-on consequences, good or bad, to things that you might do later. So where I've envisioned this is uh, maybe you, maybe they have interactive employees that are walking right. around in costume, and they ask questions, and you somehow get marked or tagged or have a beacon of some sort that well, flags other people that will either challenge you or greet you, depending on your. I'm like, oh my god, this is like real life. Choose your yeah, own adventure. So cool, and like that's the thing about the, the theme park thing. It's not just rides anymore. If you can make it an interactive experience, oh yeah, that's great. Like so, an example of that, and like the, like let's say you went on Star Tours at Disneyland, right? And it has all those different endings. So let's say like in one of the endings, something happens, and you walk out. And uh, they know which ending you just saw. So some stormtrooper grabs you like, hey, you weren't supposed to do it. And they, and they cart you off to jail. Like that right. sort of experience sounds like what they're going to do. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, other stuff. I can't wait to see what the uh, AT-ATs actually look like uh, oh, that yeah. they're building. They've got yeah. these giant steel frame structures that yeah. are like five stories tall. Uh, it, it, they look absolutely massive. Hey, going back to the Lauren Cannon, uh, do you remember Captain Phasma? Yeah, from Episode 7. From the, Episode the, 7. The Silver Stormtrooper that everybody thought was the coolest looking thing ever when all the toys came out before the movie. And man, I can't wait to see what that character does. And she did nothing in the movie. Yeah, well, you may recognize her voice as Brienne of Tall. That's right. That's right. Who is the protector of Catelyn uh, uh, Stark. Yep, yep. Uh, well, apparently she is going to get her own comic series that does gives you know, retroactively gives her a little bit of justice and bridges her character's arc between episodes seven and eight. What do you what do you think that's going to be? Do you have any speculation around I, I would what they're going to do with that? If it's between seven and eight, it's probably her trying to track down what happened with Finn and how he got away and and what his backstory is and trying to hunt him down and you know maybe they'll find out what we saw in the trailer that we're going to talk about later. Um, uh, yeah. Who knows? Um, but there, there what is. What was her obsession with Finn? By the way, I mean, he's one of a million stormtroopers. It's it's one that was disobeying. I would be my guess, um, and didn't you know do things by the numbers by the number twenty one eighty seven. Um, but uh, it was a character that was underutilized in seven. Everybody will say that. Apparently, Ryan Johnson heard the fans and said uh, Captain Phasma has a much bigger part in Episode Eight. Hmm. Well, speaking of Ryan Johnson, he has confirmed that in his mind, in operation of directing the film. The Last Jedi is singular. Yeah, okay, yeah. So even though we saw the foreign language posters that were in a plural sense, uh, now he has come out and said, when asked the question directly, in his mind, The Last Jedi is singular, but he would not reveal whether that was referring to Luke or Rey or anyone else for that matter. So, again, hype, you know? Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Jedis... uh, Hayden Christensen made an appearance. Yes, and man, he had like the most welcoming, like charming, like return, and everybody cheered him, and like he was so like lambasted for his performance as Anakin, and everybody Mm -hmm. hated how sort of like you know vanilla and sort of non-expressive he was for this guy that's supposed to be this brooding Vader. But he came out and he was cool, and he told this really cool story about how when he was shooting uh, the lightsaber battles, he kept making the noise, and George would have to <laughs> George like I know him, like Lucas would have to come up and be like, um, you, you, um, you don't, you, you don't need to make the the noise. Um, 
made him sound like Kermit the Frog there. Um, anyways, but yeah, it's, it's, it was cool that like he's now sort of welcomed back, and there's some speculation potentially he could appear as a sort of Force ghost now in Episode Eight. Now, wait, would, like Obi Wan on uh, Dagobah with Luke? Yeah, like think of that conversation that Luke had with Obi Wan. You know, like Ghost Obi Wan and and Ghosty Wan Kenobi and Ghosty Wan. But there was that really cool like inter- inter- interaction they had. Would it be cool if there was a way that that uh, Hamill and Hayden Christensen could have a conversation similar to that, like him getting to talk to his dad? You know, hi dad. Like yeah, hi, I know dad. you're dead and shit. Yeah, but- yeah. sorry, but you're not really. Sorry about the whole cutting your arm off. <laughs> one other one other myth that we need to dispel. By the way, uh, we had talked about how oh no, last week it's like his last name Han Solo's last name is Ren, and he has a different last name. Apparently, Disney says nope, his name is Han Solo. Deal with it. That's okay. what we have to deal with. So I, I guess I should just go delete that episode? No, because, no, 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 no. Oh, no. Okay. You should go back and listen to it because I'm sure we said something really funny. Oh, I'm sure we did. Uh, one, a couple more things. Actually, one more thing here. Around Disneyland, they are building a themed hotel yes. with rooms yes. that are going to look like you're staying on a Star Destroyer. Okay. Great. I'll go. Sure. Uh, sure. Yes. Sure. And if you so check this out, Google this, because some of the concept art that they've come up with look like something out of Star Wars, Star, future Star Trek, <laughs> like twenty two hundred year time. I, it, awesome. it looks incredible. They have taken this Star Wars property and just milked it. I or blue milked it. You know, what? I said it earlier. What did they pay for it? Seven billion? Uh, something like that. I don't, something, I don't even think it was that much. I think it was like four point something billion. So they give or take a billion. They bought Lucasfilm and turned it into a printing press. <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh, a, a money pretty printing much, press. Pretty much. Uh, Jesus Christ! I mean, they're doing and good for them. Uh, yeah. You know, no negative. They, this is exactly what we always wanted was for somebody with the capabilities to do all of these things just to deliver uh, us all of this stuff to us Star Wars fans from the movies and the TV shows and the animations yeah. and the comics and Disneyland and hotels. Oh, my God. It's good for us, for the people that grew up with it. It's great for the next generation of the people that are just discovering it. it just it, it's, it's one of those universes that will just live forever. Other universes we need to chat about. DC Universe. Uh, Dolph Lundgren may be appearing in the standalone Aquaman movie. That'd be cool. He kind of yeah, looks like Aquaman in a way, right? <laughs> Apparently, he's going to play Aquaman villain like King. The whole time. Yeah. Apparently, he's going to play uh, Aquaman villain King Nereus. Yeah. If he, I just want him to say, "I must break you." That's all I want him to say in the movie. And if he does that, great. Good. Job. I just want him to say, "Traitor." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So that's DC. What about Marvel? Oh. Um, so uh, we're we're on the we're on the eve of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two coming out, and uh, it looks amazing. Uh, but uh, James Gunn has come out; the director has come out and said he's already going to write and direct uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. He just says he loves these characters so much he just can't give them away, and he really wants to be in there again. So that is confirmed. There will be a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and do you think That's this is the signal or like the flare that says we're going to have a Phase Four of the MCU? That, MCU being I the thought Marvel's- there were only three phases well yeah we're supposed but to be what's get- phase two <laughs> uh, phase one is definitely collect underpants well phase three is profit yeah phase but two- what's phase two <laughs> what's phase two uh-, <laughs> uh look i don't think anybody's defined what phase four of the marvel cinematic universe is 10 years ago they they laid out this three-phase plan for all of these these different movies yeah and once we get past this year with the spider-man film and ragnarok and Guardians of the Galaxy two, I forget what else might be in there, oh, but yeah, I think there's one more Black of the, Panther, uh, Infinity War. Yep, we still got that. Those are coming next year, but so the end but of that Infinity, would end Phase right. three, correct? So uh, now that he said this, all of a sudden we have a potential Phase four for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We haven't heard anything from Disney, Marvel, anybody about what these uh, films could be. If I had to guess what Phase four is, I would say it's also profit. <laughs> yeah, but what's Phase two? Yeah, we still don't know. All right, so let's move on to talk about Netflix because they had a pretty busy week as well. Yes, they did. Um, look, one of the new—I think we've mentioned this before, but it's been confirmed now that um, for they have so much original content now that they have their own plans to develop a billion-dollar merchandising line around all of their uh, original content. So, if you think about House of Cards and Stranger Things, coffee mugs. Or T-shirts, yeah. or any of these. Netflix could, the breakfast cereal. Netflix yeah. the flamethrower. The kids are gonna love it. 
Uh, Spaceballs reference for you guys that don't know. Uh, so that's going to be really exciting. I don't think they're doing it for greed. Obviously, they wouldn't do it if they didn't know they couldn't make money off of it. But I think this is a fan service notion as well. Sure. And it's kind of just the next evolutionary tier of watching Netflix grow up yeah. into being a full-fledged studio. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited for them. I'm, I'm proud of the guys for, of uh, Netflix for really taking this on board. And for those that don't know, they're some of the more advanced... Uh, inspirational technical people as well for people in my tech community uh, to uh, read their blogs, look at what they're doing with Amazon, uh, the cloud, and the way that they deliver content from a tech perspective to end users. Those guys are absolutely killing it and just raise the bar every year more and more. Uh, speaking of raising the bar, I get to talk about a show that I worked on because it's coming this weekend. Finally, we get to see Bill Nye Saves the World, the show that I worked on back in November. Uh, Bill Nye is, is still the science guy, but he's going to tackle some... Um, um, sort of real science issues that uh, affect us today and kind of give his little take on it. It was in front of a live studio audience. All 13 episodes of that will be uh, Friday, Earth Day, uh, April 21st. So by the time you're listening to this, please go check it out because I want to make more of them. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Can you give us any kind of spoilers or what we can, uh, any one tease that you can uh, let go or are you going to get in trouble? I won't get in trouble. I'll just tell you at one point, Bill does say the F word. Oh, really? Yep. Okay. So this is a PG-13 rated Netflix series. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Definitely, so, definitely for kids, but not. I can quite see the for headlines kids. now. Bill Nye drops f bomb on, <laughs> yeah. and, and nobody gives a shit. All right. Uh, speaking of new things that are on Netflix, I watched. Uh, I had been on a bender watching the old Mystery Science three thousand yeah. uh, episodes because they put them all up on there. Well, if you don't know, uh, a couple years ago there was a Kickstarter campaign started to bring back or uh, Mystery Science Theater three thousand in an all new format. It got tons of funding. It got tons of support. Patton Oswalt, Felicia Day uh, are on as uh, lead characters. We've got the 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 new Joel. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic, and we've got Tom Servo and Mister Robot. Nice uh, back, and even the I can't remember what the one on the hose is. What her big name is? The, she runs the ship that they're all on. They do a great job in the very first episode of kind of telling you the story in a brand new way than they did twenty years ago when it first came out. Uh, so they tell you about how he's like this freighter pilot and he's playing video games, but uh, he gets he has to he answers a fake distress signal to fly around the dark side of the moon where he's out of the reach of these the people that run ah, him right okay and they play the same jingle song <laughs> nice and they they just put they update the lyrics and everything but cool. it's mostly the exact same thing just modernized that's fine really really cool and and they they really pulled it off Pat and Felicia are fantastic uh, as the dark overlords making you making him watch <laughs> these old movies the very first one is one called Reptilicus oh which all, right. all you had to tell me was the name, and I'm in. Sure. Remember my love and fascination for like B horror movies yes, and yes, shit yes. like that. Right? Well, this one's a Danish monster movie that goes back to like something where they find like frozen DNA buried in the ground while they're <laughs> drilling for oil, and it's and they it acts. Somebody falls asleep and accidentally leaves the freezer door open, and it thaws out, and it grows into this Godzilla-sized snake with wings. Uh, it, so it, it's it's one I'm of those sure kind they of movies. Just, I'm sure they just have a field day with it. Oh it's man, fantastic! So I have to watch it this week. Definitely watch the new Mystery Science Theater 3000 episodes on Netflix. They are worth every minute. Remember Adam Sandler last week? We talked about Adam Sandler. Remember? Yeah, remember? I remember? Um, so Sandy Wexler, this movie that apparently came out last week, uh, you watched it, right? I, 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 I can't I believe didn't you watch, watched it. I. I <laughs> I can't either. I did it for science, okay? I did it for this show. <laughs> for all of you listening, I I made it through about 15 minutes of Sandy Wexler before I just really couldn't stand it anymore. And then, for science, I forced myself to watch yet another 15 to 20 minutes of it just to see if it would make the turn. I barely made it through the two-minute trailer. I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, thanks for taking one for the team for science. And it, The premise there is... Okay, it's not a bad story. It's not a bad script. I just I can't take any more. I'm uh, doing uh, this for ninety minutes, two hours, and it's literally that, guys. That's what you're signing up for. I, you know, kudos to him for continuing to be able to get stuff made. I don't know if that's his Apatow relationship or his history or his relationships in Hollywood, but I mean, 
It's, it's nowhere near on the caliber was, of Billy was, Madison and, yep. and Happy Gilmore. There was some staggering stat that came out this week that said that Netflix users have watched over four, 500 million hours of Adam Sandler movies yeah. on Netflix. That's not a joke. Well, that, no, that, that's going to be all of the pot smokers re-watching Billy Madison <laughs> uh, over and over again on loop. Uh, could be that. Could be that. Could be that. Because uh, I, I may have never done that, but... Uh, anyway, uh, another news <laughs> stuff about Adam Sandler. Carmen Sandiego is making a return. Which in uh, in San Diego means uh, a whale's vagina, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, no, well, well, that's a different thing. Sorry, sorry. That's a, sorry. Uh, okay. It, it's going to be an animated series for kids. Yes. So it won't be about that then. So it won't be about whale vaginas. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, um, here's the, do you remember the Carmen Sandiego thing? Do you remember I do. It was, wasn't it like a video game first, but then it was like a show? They, they, made a, they adapted a show out of a video game. It was like a really game. cool way to teach kids about geography as far as like the world and like cities and different things yeah, so mysteries and solving puzzles and it was like clue in great, a geography lesson great. that's a good reboot do yeah, it i'm all for absolutely. it i have kids that need to know where madrid is you know sure <laughs> okay i'm i'm begging to question why i don't why, know I'm just, why do they need to know where madrid is just because they, they need to be worldly wise oh, that's okay, all okay that's all? seven sure she's gonna they navigate the neighborhood she's gonna yet? be eight in two weeks yeah she can actually <laughs> really? okay wow well, hey, we can't talk about Netflix without talking about Hulu. And the big news this week was we got our beta invites. We for the did. New... I was shocked when we got it. It was yeah. great. I was very happily, pleasantly surprised, and I spent the weekend playing with it. And Hulu, I mean. And uh, <laughs> what, I, what I came to find out was this isn't all it's cracked up to be. Uh, and I think they got a lot. I'm glad they're doing a beta. I'm glad they're doing it with users. Um, if anyone from Hulu happens to be listening, uh, I've got a lot to say about it, but I'm not going to take up too much of the show. Um, I've left you plenty of comments on your your forums and stuff. But look, the I think what they're trying to do is is they they let a graphic designer get a hold of it, and it looks like an HTML5 web page that doesn't make a lot of sense to a consumer that's sitting in on their couch on the TV with a little. Uh, fling remote right. with their thumbs you know so to be clear this is we we were both invited to beta test hulu live which is their new um supposedly 40 dollars a month version of a combination of hulu and then also the ability to watch live tv yes it's a really clunky interface it's tough to find things i was hoping it would be a combination of hulu and direct tv now which i already have yeah and i'd be able to get kind of the best of both worlds it is not that at all it's very difficult to navigate it's very difficult to figure out how to watch a live show in fact i almost think they kind of steer you away from it in a weird way well what i was expecting was to get the current hulu interface with an extra tab on it that said live yeah. and i would be able to go over there what we got was a completely overhauled experience right where the content is buried under this just crazy set of navigation, and it's it's overwhelming yeah. to try and, and drive around. And I, I realize this is tough for the listeners to try yeah. and sort of wrap their heads around because they haven't seen it and they can't see it yet. Unless you you can sign up for this beta thing and you might get it, but you'll see what we mean um, if it if it comes to fruition. And this is what we get whenever they do bring this out. And it's going to be probably close to this. It's not like they're going to do a complete redesign no. based on our angry comments. Uh, it's uh, it's gonna be. It'll take some getting used to. I'll yeah, say for that. sure. I'm not gonna unsubscribe. Uh, no. it's the only way no, I'm I not gonna. Television. I, I don't think I'm not gonna subscribe to the forty dollars. Uh, no, I'll continue to pay my twelve dollars for ad free on demand stuff. But yeah. I, you know, I've lived long enough without live TV. Now I, I don't really need it. Speaking of things you might not need and you might never get, uh, Star Trek Discovery <laughs> apparently is, we don't know when it's coming out. Remember when like this whole uh, CBS All Access, they were the only network that had the you have to pay to have the CBS app because, yes. because someday it's the only way you're going to be able to watch this Star yeah. Trek Discovery show. Yes, sign me up. I can't wait for the Star Trek Discovery show. When is it coming? What What's the deal? It's April of 2017. It's almost the end of April. It's We're into the second half of April, and it's allegedly coming in 2017 yet. However, we have not seen a still. We have not seen a trailer. We have a list of a long list of talent that is on board and is allegedly in production in Toronto, filming 13 episodes of this first season. Sets are built. Give us something. Give us a give us a uniform. Give us a give us a phaser lying on a desk or something. You know, make us excited about this. Yes. We need to create the hype, which we'll talk about later. I, I don't understand why they're not getting around this. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about about Star Trek is that sucks. I wanted to give everybody some good news. A little nugget here that I found out. Did you know that over the course of three seasons, you know, are you aware of the red shirt myth? Right. So if in, you wear Star a, Trek, if you wear a red shirt in the Star Trek, like red shirt is you're like, expendable. Well, like, right. You're gonna die if you yeah, show right. up and like that guy like is like, hey, how's it going? I just need to go over here. Like, no, no, don't go. You're, you're, you're like beep, that. Beep. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't go there. Yeah. 
Uh, so the gold shirts were command. Yep. They were the officers. Yep. It was Kirk and yep. Spock and all that. The blue shirts were like Spock science blue, officers. Spock, oh, Spock was shirt. science. You're and right, Bones right. is a blue shirt as well because yes. he's science because he's medical. So here's a fun fact nugget thing for you. Okay. Over the course of three seasons, out of 239 red shirts, 25 of them died or 10% of okay. the red shirts. Okay. All right. Out of 55 gold shirts, 10 of them died which is 18%. All right. Okay. You may see where this is going. I do. So you are more likely to die as a gold-shirted command officer. All right. Oh, and by the way, only a mere 6% of blue-shirted scientists died over the entire course of the show. So if you one day decide to join Starfleet, kids, remember, science is where it's at. And if you're science, you're obviously logical enough to figure out not to put yourself in harm's way. Yeah. That's the way to go. For sure, that's the way to <laughs> yes, go. Yes, absolutely. Damn it, Jim. <laughs> now, wait. To be clear, those are the three original seasons of Star Trek, the yes. show, correct? Okay. Yes. Just uh, for those of yep. you playing along and doing the math at home, you're like, all right, wait a minute. In the new front. Like, yeah, don't. It's no. There you go. Uh, sci-fi is going to wow us again with another new show uh, based on crypt or called Krypton based Ooh. on the early Superman universe around... Uh, Cal L's grandfather All right. and his dad Jor L. Get off my lawn, L, or whoever that would be. Like, uh, yeah, Scarface L or so whatever. Jor L is his dad, so there's some other L that's yeah, like the House of L. So basically, we're getting sort of like a prequel, prequel of before Superman's born, kind of before Man of Steel. Yeah. So this is like this is like uh, this is like the grandfather being like, I just had this kid. Now listen, kid, the planet's gonna blow up. You got to help me tell everybody. Is that what's gonna happen? Uh, I Maybe don't know. I don't know. Like the trailer is really cool. You've got David Esquire who wrote some of the best DC comics. He was also uh, Dark part Knight, of the, Man yeah, of Steel. The, the actual movie side. Yeah, yeah he was great on that. Um, so I, I have high hopes for this in a way. Part of me, like, I still like it's this whole Gotham thing where it's like, I'd rather just see like a young Batman thing. And then I'd say like, I'd rather see a young Superman thing. Well, they already did that with Smallville. I kind of want Fair. that. I kind of want that. Like Superman just got his powers and just put on the suit. I want a story of him. Like when he's just kind of figuring out how to be a superhero, but we got that in man of steel. Didn't we? Not really. Not really. Cause it's already like, I want, I want him like just, just now. Like I want like a whole, like, Oh, well, how do I deal with this situation? How do I deal with this situation? I'm I'm just learning how to be a hero and all that kind of stuff. That'd be a cool thing. I do want to see this Krypton show. Uh, it the production value. Go look, check out this trailer. It's got a lot of stuff. Uh, I did notice that the little like, uh, do you remember like the those like little uh, like keychain looking things that he yeah, the would, little triangle yeah that has the Superman symbol yeah. on it that he would drop into like those the Kryptonian like um, command uh, center sure thing. like yeah. in the in the Man of Steel movies or Batman v Superman we see that so it looks like there might be at least some sort of like connective tissue there. But as we know with the DC shows, Arrow, Flash, Legends of the Tomorrow, Supergirl, none of those things exist as far as the DC movies go. Okay. So maybe we'll get something different here. Who knows? But it's coming in the fall. It's on sci-fi. It's got production value. We want more sci-fi shows since we're not going to get freaking Star Trek, right? <laughs> yes. Well, hey, are we going to see a young General Zod, maybe? Oh, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, could, well, it begs the question, because if you look at all of the other kind of universes or, or characters, yeah. within, if you look at uh, Batman or any of those kinds of things, there's established villains, there's uh-huh. the rogues, there's sure. the, all of these... There, who's on Krypton? Yeah. Is, is it just going to be the political establishment yeah. and Zod? That's kind of it, right? The guys are like, no global warming. Well, the planet's going to blow up. Well, no, literally, it's going to blow up. No, it, it's going to go nuclear and, and just erupt. <laughs> yeah. in it. Oh, Bob, deny. Anyway, not to get into climate change denying, but uh, how about uh, instead we talk about some video games? Nintendo never ceases to amaze me with some of the idiotic decisions they have made. There was a huge story this week where Nintendo said that they are going to discontinue the Nintendo Classic, that thing that we were all trying to get, and I got one, luckily, at Christmas time. That thing has not been on the market for six months, and they are discontinuing it. What the actual F, Nintendo? Come on! <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I, You know, it, you would have sold millions of these things. Yes. And, and I, I, just, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I mean, we're hearing that they're selling now that they've made this announcement. They're selling two per minute on eBay. Yeah, and the average price is going for around three hundred twenty-five dollars. That's a five hundred percent markup for something that was what sixty-nine dollars, sixty bucks. They're not even getting a penny of that. But still, idiots. Here's what I don't get, and if I have to guess why they're doing this, it would be because 
uh, the virtual console may eventually come to the Switch, and they don't want to kind of like uh, eat into their own like market share of their own stuff. Well, that would make perfect sense. But now they've also announced this week that they're going to have a SNES Classic as well. Uh, but see, but all those games are going to be on. I don't get it, man. I, I I don't understand what's going on in Tokyo with these guys right now. Because I don't, I don't either. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, fr- I'm frustrated sense. by them. I have one, and I'm happy that I have one. But are, and, and then are they suddenly going to be like, well? You can go buy all these games on the Switch, and part of me is like, oh, man, I kind of want to be able to take that game with me, too, but I've already got it on my 3DS, so maybe I don't need to get it again. There should be some sort of thing that they have that says, you bought a classic, you bought that game on the Virtual Console on the Wii or the Wii U, you own it now, just like it is on Microsoft and Sony. I don't want to keep paying for these games for all the different Nintendo systems. Yep. They're driving me crazy. Well, maybe, but, maybe that's the plan. But I still love you, Nintendo. I still love you. <laughs> uh, in other news, Zelda has actually, did you know this, fun nugget, I didn't put this in the notes, but I did read it. Oh. They actually sold more copies of Zelda Breath of the Wild than they did Nintendo Switches. How's that work? Well, because it came out for the Wii U as well. Oh, that maybe that's right. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, I, I that makes sense. That. But yeah, I, I could see people buying Zelda just to have it and then hoping they get a Switch. Uh, okay. When I first got my Sega Genesis, yeah. I think I told this story on the show at some point, um, I actually bought NHL 93 the cartridge. Because I was waiting for my next paycheck for my first job, but I only got like fifty bucks or sixty bucks, <laughs> okay. so I bought NHL '93 knowing full well I was going to get the rest of the money the next week. So I sat on a cartridge of, of <laughs> NHL '93, staring at it until the next week when I could go out and buy my Sega Genesis. Man, I was dumb back in the day. NES Classic. Now we're going to have a SNES Classic. What was the big game for SNES? Was it Mario '64, uh, Super Mario All Stars, or, or yeah. whatever it was? But, uh, that the, uh, the ones the, I remembered were the Super Star Wars, Super Empire, and Super Return of the Jedi. Those won't come out for it. But well, I mean, did we also get Star Fox? Was that in '64? Yeah, that was in '64. Uh, no, no, the, the first Star Fox was SNES. You're right, and that yep. was like a really cool like um, uh, uh, 3D in the cockpit shooter that had never been done before in yeah. a cartridge. That was neat. Did Mario Kart come out for SNES? Yes, it did, and it was so a that really was one good of the one. Big ones. Yeah, that, that'll probably be there too. But Mario <laughs> World. That's yeah, what I was that's thinking. It, of. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Was the big one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, okay, so let's do the so math. So let's look at titles so that'll look, show up on SNES. Sure, forget that. Let's let's talk about the, the math. So for 60 bucks, you got 30 games. That's basically $2 a game. Yeah. So if they go to their other price point on the Wii U or the Wii or whatever it was, and each of those games is now four ninety nine for 30 games, now you're at 150 bucks. If So they're, I think, again, I'm guessing here, but I think that's why they did it. They don't want to, to basically... They don't want to manufacture they don't stuff. Want, they don't want people to have the option to buy a $60 uh, NES Classic over the $300 Switch. They want to move Switches. But again, the same problem exists. You can't find them. Yeah. <laughs> well, what if the goal of all of this is some dastardly, dastardly plan, <laughs> to, as a stroke my beard evilly, uh, to get you to continue to buy the same exact property over and over and over and over again every time they come out with something new. So I have the same games that I got for my NES back in the Mm -hmm. 80s that I eventually got for Game Boy that I eventually played on Wii that I now have on a virtual console on my 3DS. And it works every time. So apparently Wario and Waluigi are the ones running Nintendo. I'm going to win. On that note, uh, hey, did you hear there was a group called the Flu Network for you Harry Potter fans out there that are Minecraft aficionados, and they have now created the entire Harry Potter universe and I, in Minecraft. And I want to make sure that this is completely clear. We're not just talking about Hogwarts and the campus and the school. Yeah, We're talking about his neighborhood where he lived with his relatives or whoever those people were. Uh, we're talking about uh, the bank with all the goblins. We're talking about the Ministry of Defense. We're talking about the town where you go to get your wand. All of that exists in a Minecraft build now that the this group called the Flu Network took two years to build. And what are they doing with it? They're putting it up for free download. That's really cool. And I'm not a Minecraft guy, but it's we know how popular this is. We know how popular Harry Potter is. So if, if you're a fan of that sort of game and that universe and you can do that, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, or if sure. you have kids sure. and they play Minecraft, you could really drop this on them and surprise them yeah. by downloading it and uh, installing it or uploading it uh, and just loading them into this world of Harry Potter where they can run around. And they will be absolutely amazed. I've watched some videos of it. It is mind-boggling how detailed it is. Wow. Really, really good stuff, and that's really one of the only reasons I wanted to bring it up. But go check that out uh, for sure. Just look up Flu Network, Harry Potter, Minecraft, and you'll be able to find it.
Hey, on the Xbox side, Project Scorpio, some more news came out. Uh, it could break down the walls between console generations, meaning that they won't make any more consoles because this, uh, what does that mean? Uh, well, I think it's not about the hardware itself. So I think what they're meaning here is that Microsoft has every intention to not make titles exclusive to a console anymore. Okay. Uh, meaning that if you buy a game, you'll be able to play it. Uh, you'll be able to play a 360 game on a Scorpio platform. Okay, so we right? talked you just about put that. The we, disc yeah, in, right? we've talked about that, but this is now actually coming to fruition. This is coming to fruition. Uh, I think they're also really modularizing the hardware so that you'll be able to piece by piece upgrade this box, almost in the sense of a PC that you would be able to upgrade, but it lives as a set top box in your living room. This really excites me for several reasons. One of my long term hopes and wishes for to Microsoft was that they would turn Xbox into a Windows 10 PC that existed in your living room. Now, back in the day, 10 years ago, we had to build what's called a Media Center Edition you know, right. tower yeah, 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 that yeah. sat next to there. And that's how we did you know DVD rips and streaming kind of stuff back in the day, right? I think there's a real opportunity here to bridge the gap between PC gaming and console gaming if they were to give you the option to run your console in Windows 10 mode. Then, all of a sudden, I can now play my same games. So, for instance, I could play Overwatch with my PC friends via the Battle.net connector because it's just Windows 10. Yeah. Except it's in a micro form factor that's compatible with the game. Uh, that Microsoft could deliver. I think there's a real opportunity here for that that nobody's really tackling. A set-top PC that goes in your living room uh, that allows you to do Windows-based gaming. Th- nobody's really tackled that. I think that sounds really cool, and I'm not a Windows gamer, but I like the idea of Windows 10 running on Xbox. Yes. I, I mean, they kind of have something that looks similar to it, but it's not that. Well, that's what Xbox's operating system is today. It's a stripped-down version of Windows 10. It, the most recent update changed that. Uh, in the sense that they updated the uh, the base operating system of Xbox over to a Windows 10 platform. People didn't really notice that, but all of the back-end underworkings and underpinnings of it uh, are now basically Windows 10. One more thing about Xbox, uh, and this is really interesting. Xbox Live and uh, their, like, uh, their trial people, their beta people in Xbox mm-hmm. Live, their special people, which we are not yet, and we'd like to be, mm-hmm. um, they are adding what are called self-service refunds to digital purchases. Now, here's what this is. Imagine if you downloaded a game that you paid for, let's say you paid 60 bucks to, let's say you, you downloaded No Man's Sky, which, oh. doesn't, which doesn't exist for the Xbox. But um, if you had played it for like only two hours over, the, over a, like a two-week period, and you decided you didn't like it, you could get a refund on it. Yeah. But it's based on, like, if you've played it a certain amount of time, no. Yeah. But if you're like, eh, I don't really like this, they'll give you the money back. This is huge. Well, this, what, is, this is basically coming down to uh, Xbox Live is adding the ability to request self-service refunds to the Xbox Live store. Okay. That's where this really comes in. And, and where you're going to see this happen most often is when kids accidentally buy stuff okay. or they buy stuff where they're not supposed to. For example, let's say you bought a physical copy of, I don't know, Madden 2017, right? Sure. But, and then all of a sudden uh, your daughter decides she wants to play it. So she clicks it, not realizing she's in the store, does uh, a digital purchase okay. and it starts downloading it, even though you've already bought a physical copy, things like that, okay. or in-app purchases, in-game purchases, things like that. That's where this is really going to come into play. I don't think you're going to see this morph into a uh, trial, a, a shareware yeah, demo okay. kind of thing. Uh, there will certainly be people that try to abuse it and use it for that, but I think they've probably figured out how to prevent that kind of thing. I'm overwhelmed that they finally figured this out because trying to call or trying to live chat to get a refund for anything uh, when it comes to this kind of stuff is a just m- nightmare, absolute nightmare. And I think put, by putting this in and starting the process, at least directly from the console, is is a big deal. And I'm, hopefully they can just make it completely streamlined. Hey, Star Wars isn't just limited to TV and movies. We got a big trailer this celebration for Battlefront 2. Yes. Right? Yes. So this is now going to have a single-player campaign. If you haven't seen the trailer for this, wow, it looks amazing. It, it looks like you, you take the they're going to have a campaign where you take control of a character that has watched the Death Star explode 
from the surface of the planet of Endor, and she has to go and figure out what her place in the new universe is. We saw stuff. Yeah, it's uh, like, now what the fuck are we supposed to do? Exactly. How do we get back to where our base is? <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Where's my uh, ship? Assuming that's to- in Return of the Jedi, the second Death Star from the trailer. I'm yeah, assuming. that's exactly where it is. They're on, yeah. the, they're on the surface of Endor, and this, this girl's like, no, I can't believe that happens. And it looks cool. And we see um, some stuff from The Force Awakens, sort of like resistance stuff. So maybe there's a transition into that world. Uh, that's just the. The single player thing. We've also seen some multiplayer elements that have Darth Maul and Kylo Ren and some of all these things. Uh, Battlefront One. We both were into it at the beginning. Uh, I play it occasionally still, but not the uh, run around shoot stuff. I play more of like the ships flying around thing. It's yeah. just fun to do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of hype around the uh, the announcement of that in the sense of uh, you know. I think once the novelty wore off of that first game and you got past the fact that you were playing all of these scenes out that you did from the movies, yeah. uh, I was kind of like, eh, okay, am I really going to do that again? Uh, no, I'm uh, no. I'm going to play Funny Destiny. to bring up hype. I wonder if we'll talk about hype in a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, there is some hype as far as the Blizzard community is concerned. Uh, some quick nuggets uh, came out this week. Uh, look, about a month ago, they announced and, and launched Heroes of the Storm 2.0. And if you're not familiar with Heroes of the Storm, it's like League of Legends, except you using all the characters from the Blizzard universe across all of their different six or seven titles that they have, uh, up to and including, I think, even the Lost Vikings, their original game that they did. But hey, look, they can, they're continuing to bring in new characters, especially Overwatch characters. They've added Lucio and Zarya already in the past, and most recently this week, they're adding Genji. Okay. So if you're familiar with Overwatch, he's the little ninja guy with the ninja sword and the throwing stars. Uh, they're also going to add one of the Overwatch maps called Hanamura oh. to Heroes of the Storm. Okay. So now you're going to get that kind of layout and everything to, uh, to Heroes of the Storm. Uh, speaking of Overwatch and speaking of Genji specifically, there's a known issue based around latency uh, with regards to his ultimate known as the Dragon Blade, where if you had enough latency, you could get one extra swing in on your, uh, on your ultimate. Huh. Well, they've now fixed that. Uh, to not be dependent upon latency. However, inadvertently, it ultimately buffs everybody's ultimate ability when playing Genji. So I'm curious, you Overwatch guys out there that are listening, uh, do you think this is, are we going to start seeing more Genji played in uh, competitive now uh, because of that? Because that, uh, that could make or break any situation. One last thing about Blizzard is the fact that they are releasing the original StarCraft and the uh, Brood War expansion pack for free. So if you've, never, if you've never played StarCraft, I'm one of those people. Um, I can go try this game and play it. Like, is it is it even going to be close to the the StarCraft that's out now? Or no. what? Okay. I mean, the story is fantastic, and it's almost serialized in the sense of uh, to understand a lot of the things that are going on in two, you need to know the relationships and the backstory of the first one. Uh, but I mean, just from a lore perspective, but the gameplay is still fantastic. Uh, I think they've even remastered it to an extent, uh, and re- they're re-releasing this uh, with new HD caliber cool. kind of graphics. So it's really, really good. I'm going to go grab a copy of it and play it just because I want to play through the story. Yeah, and this isn't just limited to PC. It's also on Mac. One last thing in video games, uh, and we're going to go back to Guardians of the Galaxy because it's it's in both universes as well. Uh, Telltale Games, the guys that make the Walking Dead game, uh, the Batman game, the Game of Thrones game, they're sort of like these choose-your-own-adventure, watch movie while you play a game and make decisions that's going to affect your your gameplay. Uh, They released the Guardians of the Galaxy game uh, yesterday. Uh, How is it? Uh, I played the first chapter. I really enjoyed it. Uh, there were a couple of moments where I had to make some really tough decisions. I don't want to say anything about it <laughs> okay. uh, because I don't want to ruin anything for somebody that might play it. There's Did some... you have to kill Groot? No, okay. but uh, but all the characters are back. Um, they are not voiced by the real actors, although the person that they got to do Rocket Raccoon is very close to Bradley Cooper, nice. which makes it very fun. Um, you definitely feel all of those characters. You, it, it, you're, you're living in that world with them, and it's it's fun. Is this on uh, iPad or what platform? Oh is no, this? this is on uh, this is on everything. Oh okay, yeah, so I, I can it, download it on my yeah. PS4. So you can buy the uh, the episode. There's five or six episodes. I think there's five episodes, right? So you can buy the episodes individually for five bucks each. So that would be twenty five bucks or thirty bucks if it's okay. six. I, I I did the season pass for twenty dollars. And uh, I, I got, you know, episode one and then you wait, they drip feed you just like they did with the, all the other ones. You'll get the episodes as they're released. So it's a good time. Have fun with that. Believe the hype. Ooh, that's a great segue into what our main story is going to be tonight. Um, look, how often do we talk about, uh, you know, frankly, you made the comment earlier. This show is about hype. Yeah. It's about getting everybody excited or giving our opinions about a particular product. And to start this out, I kind of wanted to drop some marketing 101 knowledge on on folks here. Look, what you have to understand about movies 
or a TV show or a video game is that they are a product. And the whole purpose of releasing a product before you release a product is to get people excited about said product, right? Yep. So whether it's a film, a game, merchandise, third-party licensing to resell it or reshow it or syndication, all of that stuff is part of marketing and to drive hype to get people to want to watch it even though they've seen this movie 10 times where we need to make you watch it again on usa uh for the 11th time so that we can show a bunch of commercials and sell a bunch of spots right all of this revolves around marketing but where this really came in is because we got the last jedi trailer this week and uh, so we wanted to focus this discussion around really around the entertainment industry and around trailers specifically yeah right uh, in in the last ten years, just I mean, it may have been longer, but I'm just looking at like the last ten years worth of films. They've become longer. They're up to like two and a half minutes. The trailers, the, yeah, the trailers, is the yeah. standard now outside of teasers. Yep. Um, and sometimes they just reveal way too much information. So how did we get to this point? Where do we draw the line? I should say between. You know what old trailers used to be, and what some of the newer trailers that we're getting now. Where do we draw the line as consumers uh, of being too much? Let's take a step back. Okay. So what I, what I'd like to do is talk about the the elephant in the room that we haven't talked about that everybody's waiting for us to hear uh, is the fact that we were excited as anybody else the entire world about the last Jedi trailer. We thought it was going to be a trailer. We got a teaser. Yes. It was a longer teaser, right? Yep. And we saw the last Jedi trailer finally. Now we know something about Episode Eight. We've seen some images from Episode Eight, right? Yep. What did you think of the uh, Episode Eight trailer? I'm kind of in middle of the road. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Kind of, uh, I'm holding out judgment. Yeah, but you want more, right? Of course. So, yeah. So I was the same way. I saw it and I was like, ah, it was good, but I kind of want a little bit more. I thought they were going to show us more of stuff. I didn't really see any new images. I didn't really see anything that blew me away. Right. That was kind of how I I loved it. Don't get me wrong. And I oh, watched it about a hundred times. And I every person that I talked to since then, hey, have you seen it? 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 That's just me wondering if people have seen it to hear if, if their reactions are similar to ours. Right. We knew exactly that there was going to be a trailer and we saw it and it's here and there it is. Yeah. Right. So now back to what you were saying. Did we see too much? And the answer for this one is no, we didn't see Fair. too much. We got enough to 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 be excited about it to talk about it to but it wasn't enough but you're right but Some, does this go directly to the line what i was talking about before where it says we were disappointed that we didn't get enough but if they had shown too much would we have been upset about giving away the the movie but they couldn't have shown too much for this particular thing because Fair. they would have had to have shown us the whole movie okay but, right but i mean because star wars because, yes because star wars <laughs> That's so a- uh, let's put this in the perspective. So yes, the last Jedi trailer, it came out. We got it. We knew we were it was coming. We've been prophesizing it for three weeks now. But let's put this in the perspective of all trailers okay. outside the Star Wars universe that we are crazy geeks about. Um, where do, where is that line? Because there are plenty of trailers yep. that I've seen where I've been pissed off that they gave away the whole movie, and there have been plenty of trailers that I've watched that I've actually loved the fact that they didn't tell me anything. So I'm wondering where that sweet spot is in the middle. I don't know if that's up to us, per se. I wonder if they tell us the story for movies that we might not know anything about. Yeah. I can't remember like if they said like in, like an Avengers trailer or a Star Wars trailer or a uh, DC Universe trailer where they're like, here's the story, and we're like, oh, I feel like I know everything. But for properties that you may not have ever heard of or for uh, a cool science fiction-looking thing that they may have told you a bunch of a story – you're like, okay, because I don't really know anything about any of that stuff. Like um, like a perfect example would be um, Ransom. Your Ransom. Back yep. in the old days, like uh, there was – in the mid-'90s, they, were do, they, they finally started doing trailers where it wasn't like a guy going, in a world where that guy is that guy, yes. and then he has to fight that guy. What's going to happen next? You know, like that's they used to have a guy that would actually do the narration Instead of, of trailers. Just pieces of dialogue. Now it's yeah. pieces of dialogue, and it's it show you like a bunch of like loud – explosions right right and then it's like and then like you see like boom and then like the title hits the date it's coming out there it is right is it too much is it too little it's kind of up to us yes i don't like to see a point a to point b story in a trailer anymore it happens sometimes but i think typically that happens on stuff that we don't know anything about already let's talk about the proliferation of trailers themselves okay to an extent what do you mean by that well okay well 
Back in my day, <laughs> there was a time in a world uh, where the only place that you could see a trailer was in the fucking movie theater before True. the movie that you came to see. Right, right, Which yeah. was one of the reasons that you went to the movies in the first place. Right, right, right. Now we've got the internets. And you, there's just a trailer for everything now. And not only one trailer, we get three trailers sure. throughout the cycle of a film's hype cycle. Sure. Right? So you get a teaser and teaser two and trailer one and trailer two. And sure. Maybe you get five of these things before you actually get to the see, see the movie. Ah, you've told me by this point through three to five trailers and teasers, you've told me every, I, I don't need to go to the theater and drop another $30, 20, whatever you are. To to see your film now. And that's where I'm talking about where the line is and the sweet spot of what helps you decide to go see a film without giving too much of it away in a trailer. Well, I don't think we can use Star Wars as an example here. Of course not. Because, because th- we were, we've already paid our money right. three or four times without even seeing the trailer. We knew we were going to go see that movie. We knew we were going to go see... Uh, uh, Justice League. I know I'm going to see that. And like, I'm just to get excited to see little things. That's the hype thing. Well, the hype what? is the hype is. Let's show you a little bit. Let's show you a little bit. Let's show you a little bit. Let's get people talking about it. Let's keep people talking about it. Well, They've already got our money. This is an interesting angle too, because this is if we look at new versus existing property. So this week, the trailer for the eighth, ninth, if you count Rogue One, sure, uh, Star Wars movie in forty years. Forty years came out right. Right. We were waiting for a trailer that we, in our minds, had already paid for. Yeah. But why? I, I don't need a trailer. Why? Why do I need to see? I'm already going to see this movie. And the world and the internet's just lapped it up and just went crazy with it. Shared it everywhere. Basically, did the marketing for them. Right? So is it okay? So is it about the actual movie itself, or is it the is it is it everything that's all encompassing when it comes to that movie? Yeah. Is it the action figures? Is it the lunchbox? Is it like everything else that is around that? that we're trying to sell with that trailer. Sure, if Peter it, Jackson came out and said, I'm going to make three more Hobbit and Lord of the Rings movies, people would, it, that's another billion dollars per movie. It's but again, you make. don't need to see the trailer for that. What's, no. the, what's the reason for the hype, I guess, is what we're trying well, to get at. I think this is where I was going with new versus existing properties. We're going to go see Star Wars films because Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, if we look at something like Atomic Blonde, which is a great example of a new original film. Perfect example. Uh, th- that's coming out this summer. Uh, I had I knew nothing. I didn't even know it was coming. I didn't know it was on Charlize's radar or her yeah. maybe, whatever. And all of a sudden, we get those trailers like, oh, my God, that looks amazing. I right. can't wait to see that. So that's the reason. That's the hype. That's what the trailer is supposed to do is to get you excited about a movie that you may not even know is coming. Exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. So I guess what is the what is the point of like, uh, okay, so then – but there's sometimes – that we've been fooled by these things. Oh, yes. And for all we know, we could be fooled by Atomic Blonde. Maybe Atomic Blonde is terrible. It'll look great, but it'll be like whatever. Like, Very um, well, it could be. Like, like uh, 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 what, was the, what was the Wachowski brother? Jupiter Ascending, right? That trailer okay. looked awesome. Yeah, it did. And then you see the movie. That's what like, has me scared about Valerian, actually. Okay, fine. But again, that's you based on that looks amazing in a two-minute version. The two-hour version might not be as good. Well, there's definitely a but negative the hype, side but effect. But the hype is already, is already in place. Absolutely. The hype has happened. Absolutely. There's definitely a negative side effect of hype, potentially. Yeah. Right? There's going to be times where not every t- trailer is going to deliver uh, you know, what the film actually yeah. is, good or bad, right? Yeah. I guess that's why there's editing. <laughs> Here's the two-minute <laughs> version of the movie. I mean, you guys know my favorite failure to deliver as No Man's Sky is yeah. a video game, right? Greatest that stupid-ass game. Greatest video game trailer ever, potentially. Ba-da-da-da-da. Right. You know, just yeah. Jurassic yeah. Park, yeah. and you're wandering oh, yeah. around some pseudo-planet, and just, oh, my God. We bought it, we purred it, and it's like, oh. Right? Um, Suicide Squad. Yeah. I want to throw that one, one in there as a film one. example of superb hype superb trailer absolute turd but as far as like the money and the box office side of it it worked that's the weird part and people know however that's right however well well, hang on to that because i want to i'm going to store that little nugget and come back okay Uh, i want to finish with a tv example that you and i both were really excited before because tom hardy because you know witchcraft old world kind of stuff it looks really cool looked really great it just didn't deliver was taboo yeah um, for those of you that actually like that show, I apologize, but we just hate it. Going back to what I'm going to dub as a combination of blockbuster fatigue and I'll call it the DC syndrome. Okay, yeah. You mentioned Suicide Squad as it still made a billion dollars. Yeah. However, what I'm going to label the DC syndrome as is the mistrust the skepticism, if you look at Man of Steel, if you look at Batman v Superman, if you look at 
Suicide Squad, Justice League, Wonder Woman, I get what Aquaman. You're, yeah, I see what you're getting Everybody's at. Everybody's kind of so, going, so like, I don't know. Yeah. They kind of fucked up Suicide so, so Squad. The, so the Wonder Woman trailer looks amazing, but you've got that in the back of your mind. You've got that, like, fool me once kind of thing, but right? But it's Gal Gadot, and we yeah. don't know what yeah. she's Good point. And then the Justice League, like, ah, fool me once, you guys. I'm still going to see it. But Why like, is Batman on a horse? But that's the thing. We just said, I'm still going to see it. That's what they want. That's yep. what they want. They of got course. you. They got you. They've hyped you up enough. That you, they've got you. <laughs> Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, of course I'm going to go see him, but it's it's this interesting, weird phenomenon that I've never felt before. This DC syndrome, where every single project that they do, I'm going, I don't know. Maybe it'll get better. Maybe, Maybe it'll get better. Isn't that the definition of insanity? Maybe. Right? Like, what is it like doing the same thing a, a number of times and expecting a different result? I don't know. That's the, the definition and then they of shoot Batman on a horse riding around when he's got all this technology <laughs> exactly. and money. Exactly. Aquaman doesn't need to ride on the Batmobile and fly. He's got what? There's one last thing I want to touch on here, and I mentioned blockbuster fatigue a minute ago. Um, and this was when we were talking about this. This was kind of the most interesting part of this to me. Are are we just so numb now because of the the cadence of releases of new content that we've talked about in the past? We're every week it's something new. Yeah, too much content to absorb, whether it's video games or articles or movies or yeah. t- too much. Are are we just getting to the point? And each one of those properties has their own hype cycle. Sure. Right? So are we just so numb now that week to week? Day after day, there's something new to be overly hyped about. And does that numb us down to the so, to the point where it takes us an extra dose of hype <laughs> yeah. to get hyped about the next it's thing? Like a, it's like and a do- it's this exponential it's, compounding effect. It's like a dopamine thing where it's like it's like here's the here's the Justice League trailer. No wait, here's the Thor trailer. No wait, here's the Star Wars trailer. No wait, here's this trailer. Oh wait, here's the new iPhone. Oh wait, here's this video game. Like you can't like you can't get hyped about one thing before you have to get hyped about the next thing. Totally. But it's I, working. It's working because we want to see all of it. Oh man. It's you know, it's one of those things where I I don't know. It's I, I kinda wanna close this the conversation out here with a little quote, but I, I think that I would this is one of those things where you just have to have those conversations with yourself and find a comfortable place as a consumer that you end up. There's one thing we didn't actually bring up though. There's the thing that we've talked about a couple of times where we're really excited about something. Like if like let's say we could have done Media Blackout. I'm not watching Last Jedi trailer. That's true. I'm not watching the uh because I want to wait till the like but the thing is the hype doesn't matter. That's like reverse hype because you've already said like I'm going to see it no matter what. So they've got your money. Yeah. But like you're playing these like crazy mental games in your with yourself and you think you're winning, but you're not because they're winning because you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's a weird like oh man. Believe the hype. It's yeah. here. Believe it. <laughs> well, listen, I want to close this out with an excerpt from a GQ article that uh, was written by Joshua Rivera. So credit to you, sir. Uh, and this, to me, basically summed up this whole thing specific to Star Wars. Okay. Right? Uh, quote, the way it blends the music from the original trilogy and the new themes from The Force Awakens, how it gets around not showing us much new stuff, but by just reminding us of where we left off. Whoa, did Luke just say the Jedi have to end? And that's the thing about Star Wars. It doesn't really have to show me anything at all. Because I'm a mark. In fact, I'm worse than a mark. I know I'm being played by John Williams and Lucasfilm. And all the money dollars (laughs) Disney has released from its Star Destroyer-sized marketing budget. And I'm complicit. I'm a sucker. And a willing one. Some reptilian part of my brain has been so thoroughly mapped out by the most powerful entertainment corporation on Earth... That said corporation can show me one minute and 50 seconds of mostly nothing. Yeah. And I'll spend a whole weekend asking everyone I come across if they've seen it. Wow. Just so I have an excuse to watch it another three times with them. (laughs) We did just that. That's it right there, folks. When we talk about new versus existing and hype, that is built into the Star Wars audience. Anything that's an existing property, that's kind of my response if I'm a fan of it, right? I, you've already sold me a ticket when you announced that you were making it before production even started. But for the new stuff, I think that's where the hype needs to live. Yeah. Uh, it, they need it, to work on that. It confuses me that they'll still spend $100 million marketing Star Wars The Last Jedi because why do you need to? Good point. Right? I would rather see that money spent on another great $100 million or three $30 million great films like Atomic Blonde was a $30 million film, Okay, right? Rather than these $300 million blockbusters that you have to spend 18 months hyping in trailers and posters and TV spots, make more good films. That's what I really want to come down to. All right. Fair enough. Oh, my God, Star Wars. 
All right, so some of the fun stuff this week. Uh, apparently, they're going to do Friends the Musical uh, the, uh, in, on Broadway. They're going to do a Friends musical. Andy. Andy. Wait, w- w- with w- Ross and Rachel. Listen, and th- this has been the Star Wars hype train episode. We're not going to Chandler. End, uh, we're, we're not going to end the show talking about Friends. We'll, we'll do that another time. The, the, I'm going to flip the script on you this week. Okay, how so? And we're going to just skip fun stuff altogether and go straight into our lightning round. Okay, since you are the self-proclaimed Star Wars aficionado that you are, I want you to name as many characters in Star Wars as you can. Now, with the caveat... Oh, there's rules? There's going to be a caveat, a little asterisk. Fine. You cannot name any of the kind of main stars of the universe, and we're talking about Luke, Leia, Han, uh, Chewie, Vader... R2-D2, C-3PO, everybody knows those. Okay. But I want you to name, outside of those guys, as many Star Wars characters as you can. Go. Uh, Jango Fett, Boba Fett. Other bounty hunters include IG-88, Bosk, uh, Dengar, and uh, Zuckus. Uh, Lobot was Lando's like robot assistant on uh, Cloud City. Right, uh, right, but right, he right. also had a co-pilot named Nine Num. They later had a character named Ten Num in The Force Awakens. Uh, <laughs> let's see uh, the the band that Jabba the Hutt has, the little keyboard guy with the blue yeah. the blue elephant looking dude. That's Max Rebo. Uh, the singer was Sy Snoodles. Uh, there was Droopy McCool was also like the clarinet player at, 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 in Jabba the Hutt's band. Uh, what was the name of the guy that Han shot in the cantina? Greedo. There you go. Okay, uh, so Greedo was a bounty hunter for Jabba. What other people were in Jabba's palace? The dude that shoved Luke off of the uh, off the plank, that like uh, brown leathery looking guy, that was Weakway. Um, there was also Klaatu uh, in Jabba's palace. Um, the uh, the little like puppet guy that he had was uh, Salacious E. Crumb. Uh, what else? Um, the 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 Cantina Band guys. Those are the race is called their Biffs. Uh, the main uh, guy of that was named Plink Plonk. That's a real... Uh, Plink Plonk. Re- Plink Plonk. That's Plonk. a real uh, guy. Uh, what else? Uh, try and stump me if you can. Um, uh, I, I, I have already. General Grievous. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's do the prequels. Uh, there's, uh, okay, so Bulba was one of the pod racer guys. There was... Um, uh, uh, Masameda was one of the like the blue guys in the in the Jedi, not the Jedi Council. The uh, Kiata Mundi was one of the guys in the Jedi Council, and um, who was the announcing commentator of the pod race in Phantom Menace? I don't remember the character's name, so you stumped me there. But I know that the actor was Greg Proops. Oh, okay, so you win that one, sure. Okay, uh, the guy that got choked by Vader in uh, um, New um, Hope? Empire. Yeah, okay, that was uh, Admiral Mahdi, played by Richard Lagravenens, I think. And then the guy that got choked in Empire uh, after he says, "Oh, he's like you've come out of lightspeed too slow." When the when that was Admiral Ozel, uh, and then there's Admiral Piet, who was the guy that took over and became the the. the, the, the you know, um, uh, what was the name of the guy in Rogue One? Not Admiral Akbar, but the same race that, that was, was in Rogue One. That was Admiral Snackbar. Snackbar. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. I don't <laughs> okay. know. Yeah. Did I get you? You did. Yes. You did. I yeah, you do. I stumped to the Nelson. You win. <laughs> you win. I have not. Uh, I have not played the Star Wars Rogue One trivia game yet to learn all of that uh, stuff. Okay, well, we're gonna have to go to B Dubs and, and do that. But round. listen, man, I played like a lifetime of like Star Wars uh, Trivial Pursuit and learned all of this stuff. And <laughs> I had all of those figures growing up, and right. every figure had like the name of the guy on it. And uh, yeah, so I'm not as well versed in the Force Awakens and Rogue One stuff as I was with everything else. Not but, yeah, yet. Not yet. But there will be time. But there will be a. Time. There will be time. Well, listen, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you enjoyed Star Wars Celebration and all of the news surrounding that and our conversation. We want to know what you guys think about hype. That's one of the big topics for this week, of course. And, you know, is there too much going on in trailers or is there not enough or where's the fine line for you? Uh, as always, I'm Nick Howell. You can find me at Data Center Dude over on Twitter. And I'm uh, Andy Nelson. You can find me at Andy Nelson 76 also on Twitter. I am also curious what you are hyped about. And uh, I will be spending the weekend watching all 13 episodes of Bill Nye Saves the World. I hope you will, too. I think you're really going to like it. Yes. All right, guys. Well, we will see you next week. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out. OrbitalJigsaw.com.